please um, welcome Pastor Paul up as he is uh, about to bring the word. Awesome, guys. Now, just um, just before we start, we're just going to uh, take time to pray for our brother Daniel. Daniel and Sarah, they've just had another little one recently, but we've just been informed why he's come back for the first time after they had the baby, that his father has just died this morning. So he's just about to leave, he's out by the door, and we're going to pray for that family. Uh, his, family's been, his father's been crook um, for many times over his life. Daniel's had to um, nurse him at times or be there to um, uh, rescue him and so forth, but he had a heart attack earlier on this week, and uh, we've just been informed that he died. So let's pray for Daniel. And his, and his father's wife too, his mum as well. Lord, we just lift this whole family up, Daniel and Sarah, um, his mum as well at this time, brothers, father, sisters, father. We just pray for the whole family, for your blessing upon them at this time, for your comfort, for your strength, for your enabling, Father. Thank you that our brother has gone to be with the Lord, which is far better, and there is joy and rejoicing in that fact. But yet, Father, we feel uh, the weight of the loss for the family. So we just lift them up. And just pray that you'd wrap your everlasting arms around them at this time. In Jesus' name for his glory. Thank you, Father. Amen. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Yes? Amen. Well, we're speaking on honor, honor uh, a series on honor at the time. And it's called um, uh, the honor key. And I believe that honor is the key to unlock uh, a wonderful wealth of treasure for each one of us in our lives. Praise God. Awesome. Last week we were speaking about where does honor start? And we realized and recognized way back in the beginning that honor started with our God. God, when he said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. How honoring is that? The eternal creator creating you and I in his image. Did you know that you are made in his image? Did you know the little ones we've dedicated here this morning are made in the image of our God? What honor God bestows upon us in our image and in our likeness. Praise God for that. Today, we're going to be speaking about honor and marriage. And I'm excited about that. You know, marriage can be heaven or hell. Yes? It will be as much of heaven as there is God in it. And there will be as much as hell as the devil is in it. Yes? Satan's seed, Satan's sin, selfishness, yeah, come on. A little girl at a wedding asks, Mummy, why do brides always wear white? The mum replied, because they're happy, dear. <laughs> Halfway through the wedding, the girl whispered, Mummy, if the brides wear white because they're happy, why do the men wear black? See, marriage is a question, and honor in the marriage, you know, really when it comes to marriage and honoring, in life it's a question of responsibility. Who's responsible? Now, if you've got, if you got a company, where does the buck stop? Who's responsible? Is it the worker? Well, maybe they are responsible, but ultimately we know that with a company, the buck stops with the CEO, right? If you've got a country and things are going down the gurgler, where does the buck stop? Where's the responsibility lie? It's with the king, the, go the government, prime minister, president, whatever it is. 
What about in a sports team? Who watched uh, the All Blacks and Wales last night, yeah? Very close game, wasn't it? <laughs> it's, it, it, the buck stops with the coach. The responsibility lies with the coach, does it not? I just love uh, Steve Hansen. Isn't he quite calm and collective? Do you know, do you think there's actually a connection between that and why we always win, eh? The responsibility lies with the coach. What about marriage? Come on. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Where does the responsibility lie? It's with our wives, of course. No, it's with the man. The responsibility lies with the man, believe it or not. Okay. When Eve was deceived in the Garden of Eden and ate of the fruit, when God came and they hid themselves after they'd made their own little aprons or clothes out of their fig leaves or whatever they were, might have been better using banana leaves. At any rate, <laughs> stay with us, stay with us. What did God come and do? Did he say, where are you, Eve? No, he came and said, where are you, Adam? Where are you? And this morning, I want to ask you, men, men here this morning, where are you? Where are you? Praise God. We always know when Andrew's here. Praise his name. Where are you, Adam? Adam, Andrew. I think it's amazing that both of those names start with A. Adam, Andrew. Praise God. We love our brother. Woo. <laughs> You're the risen man. Jesus. Amen. Good to have you with us. Where are you, men? So Romans 5 verse 18. I think we've got that on the overhead here. Overhead. That's old-fashioned, isn't it? Data projector. Come on, get out of the ark, Paul. <laughs> Romans 5 and 18 says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, it didn't say one woman's offense, one man's. There's the responsibility laying with the man. Judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Where are you men? Where are you men? 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse um, 3. Come on, let's get into this. Oh, I like it. And Paul says, to the Corinthians, he says, but I want you to realize that the head of every man is, come on, that's right, the, and the head of every woman is, hey, that was a bit quieter, wasn't it? Ha, 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 that's a little bit, we don't want to go there today, do we? <laughs> okay, we're going to unpackage that a little bit, and the head of Christ is, Come on. So God has honored mankind and he's made man in our image. Let us make man in our image. He's given honor to man. Now it's man's responsibility to give honor to the woman. Yes, man is made in the image of God. Man is head. What does it mean though? Head doesn't mean that the man's the boss. I think some of us get this a bit wrong sometimes. We have a warped and distorted view of what this thing means. It doesn't mean that you're the boss but it means that we are to love and to give honor, not boss our wives around, to love. We're responsible to give honor. Just how God gave honor to man. So man gives honor to the woman. Okay. You see, masculinity is about responsibility. You got that, men? Masculinity is about responsibility. It's not about big muscles. You've got to use your imagination a little bit. 
Just, just use your, just follow, keep up with me on this one. Come on. It's not about your big fast car or your shiny mag wheels. Come on. It's not about your gift and ability, how much you can pump those irons, you know. It's not about your big ego. Come on. Yeah? Your big ego. Come on. That's a good word. And come on, woman, go, yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> True honor is what Jesus did. When we were at fault, Jesus came, and we've been singing, I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. You see, true honor is taking upon oneself the fault of another. Yeah? Taking responsibility. It's me taking responsibility for a fault of my wife. My own ones first. I'll never ever be able to take her faults and responsibility for that if I never take responsibility for myself. And I'm trying to blame everyone else for my own problems. Yeah? Come on. That's right, but it's taking responsibility for the faults, not only of our wives, but in our family. That's what a husband does for their, their wives. That's what a father does for the children. We take responsibility. That is true masculinity. Yeah? Come on, you're getting quiet. Andrew's with me all the way. I knew he would be. Praise God. The woman is to be nurtured and loved and nourished and cherished. Is that right, Ruth? Come on, that's a good word. <laughs> the man is responsible by the grace of God to re reveal Jesus to his wife and to his children, to his family, ultimately to the world. That's what our theme is, isn't it? Revealing Jesus to the world. Excites theme. It starts at home. See, before you can ever do that, you must receive, like we had last week, you must receive honor from God at your Father. He has honored us and made us in His image. He has chosen us in Christ from before the foundation of the world. If you're still standing outside of Christ and you're, you're religious and you're trying to do stuff under your own strength and you're not entering into who you are in Christ and trusting in Him and you're not being that new creation in Christ with old things having passed away and all things new, well, you're dishonoring your Father in heaven. And you'll never be fulfilling a, 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 a husband or a father that is taking responsibility until you receive honor from your heavenly Father. I want to encourage you. Where are you, Adam? Where are you, men? Are you standing in Christ this morning? Are you abiding in Him? Are you bearing the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Are you taking responsibility for your marriage and for your children this morning? Or are you still feeling less than? Is it still all about you and not about Christ? Is it still all about your effort, your feeble attempt to be a good Christian? Yeah? Because that's just religion. Look to the one who never failed. Receive the free gift of his righteousness. God has honored us and given us everything in Christ. When we failed and when we sinned and when we became selfish because we're born that way, Jesus came in and he stepped in and he took responsibility in our place. And he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquity. And he has cleansed us with his blood. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. What a blessed Savior we have. Amen. As men, we are there to lovingly protect, 
our children, especially our daughters. There are plenty of people that want to come and take your sons and daughters, especially your daughters, and they want to be boss over them. They want to lord it over them. They want to get self-gratification. But when you're looking for someone or a man, you want to have a real masculine man. I encourage you young people, you young girls here today, look for a man who is masculine because he takes responsibility. Not because he's got big, big muscles and big abs and, and all the rest of it sticking out in all directions, you know? Or a big fast car or a lot of money. Look for somebody who takes responsibility. I decided a long time ago that I was going to be the greatest man. I wanted to be the greatest man in the lives of my daughters. And uh, Chloe on Friday, because I, I did some parenting courses wisely a while ago, a few years back, and I learned that if I wasn't the best man in my daughter's life, well, very soon they'd find someone else who would be. So, uh, Chloe, we had the great pleasure of um, having a 16th birthday party, great celebration, big rage down there at the Thai restaurant this last Friday night, lights and music and you name it, we had a blast. I was very proud of my daughter, Chloe. I'm proud to see her up here on a Sunday morning serving in the body of Christ. And she was asked, they had her up front, they were asking questions, and uh, she, was, uh, she was asked, have you ever, one of the questions was, have you ever fallen in love at first sight with a man before? And do you know what she said? She says, yes. She held up the one, yes, I have. They said, who was that? She said, my dad. And I thought, yeah, that's my girl. That's my girl. Come on. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're very talented. Praise God, you're a gift to us, Chloe. Amen. That's right. Where are you, men? Where are you? I got brought up in a day when we thought if we gave our girls too much praise, they'd get big heads or they get too proud or think they're too pretty, and you, you know. But no, no, they need to hear it from us. If they don't hear it from you, they'll hear it from somebody else. There'll be plenty of people lining up to be boss over your children, over your daughters. The enemy wants to take them. But it's time for us as men to take responsibility for our families. Yes? Amen. Ephesians 5, verse uh, 22 to 28. Here's another one of those passages, eh? Look at that. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. Say, as to the Lord. Yeah. Not to someone that's self-centered and selfish. Yeah, as to the Lord. Don't ever get try and be boss over your wife and think she's going to submit to you because you're trying to lord it over it. And you, you're trying to control her with your words and that. Let them be beautiful words that come out of your mouth. If, I want to tell you, if you're abiding in Christ and you're honoring your heavenly Father and you're taking up your position as a son of the living God, and that's not just a theme in your head, but it's a reality in your life, your wife, men, will actually be glad to submit to you. There will not be a question over that because she's submitting to Christ. It doesn't mean you lord it over her, but she submits to love. Funny how lording it over and love start with an L, eh? Both of them. So does Lucifer. We don't want to actually be portraying that whole self-centered, selfish thing that comes from another place we don't want to talk about. Okay. Submit to your own husbands as to, as to the Lord. For the husband is, is head of the wife. It's not, this is not up for um, discussion. 
It doesn't mean he's boss, though. He's not boss. He's head. That means he's the one, like Christ, to make the sacrifice. Yeah. As also, Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. You're your wife's savior. That's what it means to be head. Sacrificing your own will, what you selfishly want for the blessing of your wife. Not wanting your way. Yeah? Verse 24, therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. You see, you're the head, you're the head of your home, men. You're with me, you're still with me here. You're the head of your home, but I want to tell you this morning that your wife is the referee. Yeah? She will let you know how well you're playing the game, how well you're doing. Yeah? She'll let you know. And praise God when he made her help me. I've actually found that aspect of my beloved darling Ruth here to be a great blessing to me as a husband. The fact that she says, tells me when I'm not doing so good. You need to spend more time with James or you need to go and have a chat with Chloe or you need to go and spend time with Reese or talk to Carmel or whatever. Maybe you just need to give Evangeline a hug. She's a good referee. She's a very good referee. And so I've learned to be wise and to honor my wife with the gifts and the ability that God has given her because it's a great help to me to fulfill my role as head, the one who's going to lay his life down for the good of the family, for the good of our wives. Yeah. Verse 25, husbands love your wives. The wife is never told to love her husband. That's a given. She will... Everyone, everyone's in, will be in love with someone like Jesus. There's no question about that. If he's abiding, if he's abiding in Christ and portraying Christ, revealing Christ in the family and in the marriage, well, there's no question that we love Jesus. But the husband is told to love the wife. Not the wife ever in the Bible told to love the husband. They will. They will respond to selfless love. It's a given. But husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might, so that he might, say he might, that's right, sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the, by the word. Our words are so important that we speak. Watch your words, men. Watch your words. Don't try and get other people to watch them. Analyze and think about what you're saying, how you phrase it. What, 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 what is it that's coming out? Do you ever stop and think of how you speak and say things? Watch your words. Might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the word. Verse 27, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Do you know our words can turn our wives into a glorious wife? I tell you, mate, you start using sweet words, mate. I won't go into too much detail, but I tell you what, you want to give that a shot sometime, eh? You know, if you want a princess... <laughs> uh, maybe it's been a long time men you know <laughs> we won't go into the detail of that right um, not having spot or wrinkle in any such thing praise God but that she should be holy and without blemish beauty's in the eye of the beholder is it not what's your words you'll, you'll turn her into a princess so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself, because we're one. You see? One. Take responsibility. Men, it's time to take responsibility. 
If you're not taking responsibility, well, we're here to help you and we're here to ask you, where are you, Adam? Where are you, men? Where are you now? Yeah? A lot of people here are sitting with blank faces. They're looking, they're thinking, they're wondering. Praise God. The Holy Spirit's just hovering over the congregation this morning. That's good. Praise His name. Letting it marinate. Good. 1 Corinthians uh, 11 15 says, The woman is the glory of man. That means she's the reflection of his affection. Yeah? The woman is the glory of the man. He's a reflection of his affection. Time to take responsibility. If your wife's an ogre, guess whose fault it is? Guess who's turned her into an ogre? Absolutely, and Satan starts with an S, and S stands for sin, and it also stands for selfishness. In the marriage, comes from Satan, self-centeredness, absolutely, absolutely. You can turn your wife into a princess or an ogre. There you go. So we honor our wives not just when we take them flowers, but when we take their opinion seriously, what they say to us. We listen. We honor their words. We honor what they say to us. We celebrate their achievements. We treat her with respect. You know, I've been really blessed with a great wife. I, 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 God has showed me that he's given her a great administration gift. She uses that in the church. She's got ability to, to share. She's got a heart for the community. She's a great visionary. And I honor the gifts that God's given her. And I encourage her, and that they, those gifts and talents come to the fore. And I nurture those gifts so that she might become greater and greater. It's the same with our children as fathers. It says, train up your child in the way that they should go. Honor your children. They're made in the image of God. It's our responsibility to reveal Jesus to them. Train them up in the way they should go, not the way you want them to go. That's selfishness again. Train them up. Their God-given talents in that, let them go in the way that he's designed them to go. And I'll tell you what, we've got four children, and they're all different. They're all so different. Their talents are different. And they're all going to go in different ways, but we're to train them up in the way that they should go. And it says when they're old. When they're old, they won't depart from it. Oh, 25 past. That's crazy. Can you wind that clock back a bit? Okay. Okay. I just love bringing up touchy things in the, uh, in, in, in the message today. So what about, here's the bomb. Are you ready for it? Say, I'm ready. That's good. Are you sure you're ready? What about, what about adultery and fornication? Yeah? Yeah? Living together outside of being married is not practice for marriage. Okay. It's practice for divorce. Yeah? If you really love a woman, don't shack up with her, and, but demonstrate your love for her by taking her hand in marriage. Men, take responsibility for your actions. Treasure her. Value her. Okay? Adultery and fornication is practice for divorce. Yeah? Don't confuse love with selfishness and lust. Don't confuse that. Woman, be strong. 
Don't let someone come along that's, when it's all about them and what they want and self-gratification and just take your heart. Do not give your heart to somebody like that because they will lord it over you and they will want to be boss of you. You have been made in the image of your father. You are precious in his sight and he values you and he has a great future for you. Find a man who knows who he is in Christ, who is strong in the Lord, and he will be a blessing for you. He will lay his life down for you. He will not lord it over you. See, this whole fornication, adultery thing is very relevant in our society today. God's, I want you to know, things don't change with time. God had brought, made man and wife in the beginning, Adam and Eve, and he, he brought the woman along and Adam looked at her and said, whoa, man, you know, and he had a great help meet for him. God set up marriage in the beginning. See, God's not a killjoy, but he's against what kills joy. Okay, let's say that together, eh? God is not a killjoy, but he's against what kills joy. Let's do that one more time. God is not a killjoy, but he's against what kills joy. And adultery and fornication will ultimately destroy the person. It ultimately destroys, well, even a person's sex life once they become married in that. Not totally destroys, but I mean, it's, it's God's way is the best way. Okay? What about pre- prenuptial mar- marriage agreements? We might as well just go the whole way here, right? Eh? Just to deal with every touchy subject under the sun here. (laughs) See, marriage is a covenant. It's actually not a contract. It's not a business contract. I'm a businessman. But, you know, when someone has a prenuptial agreement, now don't just, I'm not just, this is my take on it. I think it's God's take too, but I'll leave that up for you to discern and decide. When When you're sitting down, and have writing a prenuptial agreement, you've all, already started preparing for divorce, yeah? See, we're turning marriage into a contract where I can get something out of it, and I want to actually sign the bottom line, and I want to get what I need to get. It's not self-sacrifice. See, marriage isn't a contract. It's a covenant. It's sacrifice for us men. It's sacrifice. It's love, loving, and laying down our own lives. It's a covenant of love. See, a contract is only selfish. It's about what I can get, not what I can give. So the band can come back up. The clock's still, you haven't wound the clock back, so the band better come back up. Where are are you, Adam? Oh, sorry, Steve. (laughs) Uh, I want to ask you, how do you view your marriage? Is it, do you, men, just stop and think for a minute. Are you thinking of it as a contract and that you want to get yours and you want to get, demand what you want out of it? Or do you see it as a con, uh, covenant where you can sacrifice and you can give and you can lay down your own life uh, for the good of your family, for the good of your wife, where you can build her up? See, a contract is me negotiating a contract that will benefit me. A covenant is me giving of myself and living to serve you what will benefit you. It's either me or you. So where are you in your marriage? How do you view your marriage? Come on, be real about it. Just take time to assess it, to reflect on the marriage that you're in now, you men. 
See, men, our primary responsibility is toward God first, to enter into what He's given us. He's honored us. He's made us in His image. And if we honor God, we'll enter into that in Christ. And then we'll have the supply of God flowing through us uh, to our wives and to our family. All the resources of heaven will be behind us. That's our first responsibility. The second is to our wife, to love and to serve her. The third is to our children, to nurture them and to grow them in the Lord. And it's wonderful this morning that we've seen the dedications, and that's encouraging. And we pray together as a church for that and for family. God started family. God set up family. Families today are under attack, but family is a great blessing. And we're a church family here. We even, we even understand the community is even part of our family. It's far-reaching. Families grow. And the fourth responsibility that men have is to work with our hands so that we might have for ourselves, for our family, to give to others. The Bible says, he that provides not for his own is worse than an unbeliever. It's, it's understood that the men are there to use their strength, not to lord it over their wives, but to work for their wives and to lay down their lives for her. Some people get in the wrong order. They put their work before their family, their work before their wife, work before the children too busy. That's not the right order. God wants God first, wife, children, work. So just in summing up, don't be like somebody here this morning who um, when something goes wrong in their family or with their wife or the marriage they think it's with their children, they think it's a teacher's responsibility or with the marriage, you think it's a pastor's responsibility. Take responsibility as men. It's not somebody else's responsibility. Men, it's your responsibility. Honor your God first. Honor your wife. Honor your children. Honor your family by working for them. I say again, those words that God asked right back in the beginning, Adam, men, where are you? Where are you this morning? I'm sure there's some of our wives that are saying that. Where are you? Where are you when there's a void and when there's a great need in the family or in the marriage and they're just saying, where are you? What's going wrong? Where are you, men? Where are you? It's healthy to reflect. You know, the first miracle that Jesus performed was at a wedding, was it not? Jesus can still do a, a miracle with your marriage today. Yes? Where are you, men? Where are you? I believe that there's... Um, even children that are crying out, Dad, where are you? To their fathers. Where are you? And there's a great need there. And God hears that. And, God, and He's given us honor. And honor is a key to unlock great blessing for, our family, for ourselves, for our families, our wives and our marriages, for children, for our community. It starts with honor. Let us be here at Excite, a people that will give honor to each other. And it's as simple as when we're having tea and coffee and Aaron gets up here and says, come on back. Five minutes later, there's still people at the back not honoring. I'm on another touchy subject, aren't I? Mate, we've had a morning of it. This is just fun. This is fun. This is fun. Praise God that we can actually challenge one another, that we can challenge one another. We love each other enough to not let things go. We say, come on, let's be people of honor. Yeah? Oh, I love it. I love it. God is so good to us, isn't He, eh? Let us make man in our image. What potential. Come on, let's stand together and let's worship the Lord our God.
Let's give Him praise, honor, and glorify Him because He is worthy alone.